0: Understanding Callings Part 1. Let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you will speak to us this morning. You will direct our path in your way. We declare the Lord, understanding will come to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 1 26 to 29. 1 26 to 29. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1:26 to 29 First Corinthians 1:26 to 29 For you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh will glory in his presence. Hallelujah. So Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, began to speak about how callings are. The Bible says that God does not call the wise. God does not call the mighty. God does not call the noble. But God has chosen always the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. It does not mean that at the end of the day, God will not call a wise person. Or if you are mighty or you are noble, you will not be called. But he talks about the nature of the call. mostly God will not call that which is already made. God will not call that which is already established. Most often God will call people who sometimes are ostracized, sometimes are not recognized by society but God has a way of working our lives from that basis so that no flesh will glory in his presence. Very important. So God is a God who calls people not very, very, from a very prominent background. So I know that some people, um, if you're from an aristocrat family and some things happen to you, it's normal, amen, because things are happening around you. But sometimes God goes beyond that. And that does not mean God will not call someone from an aristocrat family or something of that sort. Praise the name of the Lord. So Paul was talking about the nature of the call. I want you to understand that life is not an experiment. There's a reason why we live here. And God has created a purpose for everything and God has a purpose for you. God has created a purpose for everything and God has a purpose for you. You are not a mistake. And every believer has been given a calling. Every believer has been given a calling. A calling is a divine sermons, a supernatural invitation of God To his given assignment a calling is a divine sermons or a supernatural invitation of God to his given assignment and as believers we are called to fulfill God's calling for our lives and be a blessing blessing to the nations so as believers everyone is called to fulfill God's call on your life and be a blessing to the nations. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Paul is still writing that by grace have we been saved through faith and not of ourselves. So nobody came to become a child of God by himself. It's not how powerful, it's not how you lived, it's not how you, 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 you obeyed God, but it's a gift of God so that nobody should boast. Hallelujah. Then the next thing he said was that we, for we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. So I believe that apart from getting born again, the next important thing in your life is to discover who God made you. Is to know why God sent you on earth. Is to discover your calling and your assignment. So the Bible says that we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. So that which is supposed to come out of you is good works, not bad works. That's why the scriptures that all things work together for good for them. who are called according to God. So the bad, the, the, the ugly, and the things you are experiencing are all part of the things that God makes it out to become good. And it says that which God has prepared beforehand that we should work in, in, in them. That means that before you arrive here, There was an assignment prepared for you. There was a calling prepared for you. God has prepared a way we should walk in. God has prepared how we should operate in our calling. And that can only be found when we connect to our maker through the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So like I've said, apart from being born again, and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the next thing that is very critical in your work with God is to discover why you are here. And there is an assignment on your life. Say, I have an assignment. Everybody at the sound of my voice has an assignment. As, as long as you have showed up here, you have an assignment. As a matter of fact, they said that uh, when a man meets a woman, about 70 million potential people are released in that moment. And if you could make it out of your mother's womb, you have an assignment. So you are not just here by mistake. You didn't just happen. God made you happen. Say, God made me happen. Very important. Because sometimes we feel as if we just showed up. And sometimes you look at where you're coming from, your parents and those who brought you forth and say, like, this boy they just made a big mistake to send me down here. You are not a mistake. Hallelujah. So what are some of the characteristics of our calling? Number one, that our calling is a holy calling. Our calling is a holy calling. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. Our calling is a holy calling. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I love this one. He said, He has called us with a holy calling, not according to our work. So we don't go and work for the calling, we don't go and labor for the calling. He has called us, and that calling is a holy calling. You may be providing a service, it's a holy calling. So I'm not only talking about standing in the church to preach. You may be an engineer, it's a holy calling. You may be a fashion designer, it's a holy calling. You may be somebody who works with metal, it's a holy calling. You may be a musician, it's a holy calling. You may be a good cook, it's a holy calling. You may be an entrepreneur, it's a holy calling. You may be somebody who speaks various languages and helps people to understand, it's a holy calling. You may be a teacher, it's a holy calling. You may be even somebody who is just a messenger, but it's a holy calling. It's a holy calling. It's a holy calling. And it says that we were not called according to our works. Otherwise, some of us would not be called. Amen. Some of us, our, the history behind us is so. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But according to his own purpose and grace. Purpose and grace, which was given to us in christ before time began so before you arrived here god knew you would be seated before me this morning god knew that for some reason you will move out of where you are living to live around this neighborhood or drive all the way from wherever here you are you are living to come to the service today so this call is a holy calling from heaven it's a holy calling and the calling comes from god not man That is why we don't we must not force people to become what we want them to be parents don't force your children to become what you should you couldn't be i couldn't be a medical doctor so be a by force medical doctor for me we are supposed to guide our children guide be guardian to people to fulfill their destiny. But you don't impose a call. That's why as parents, as soon as the child start writing exams, begin to look at their resource and begin to find out what is their strength and what is their weakness. Those of you who bring your kids to my office, normally one of the first questions i ask your kid is that, what do you want to become? I don't ask because I just want to strike a conversation. It's, it's purpose. Because normally... By a very young age, let us by eight, nine, ten, some kids know what they want to become. My mother told me that when I was eleven years old, and I was I went through what they call the confirmation in EP Church. The day I finished the confirmation, and came home. I asked my mother. I told my mother I wanted to become a pastor. At eleven, and she was telling me that you have to go through. You have to become a catechist and and, uh, and we're become a long process. You know how the, 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 the evangelicals do it. You have to become a catechist and you have to be around 22 before be married and be going to all Then I also discovered I have a grace in the area of engineering. My father is an architect, he wanted me to become an architect and run a big family business. I said, no. I like machines. It was a conflict, but he understood. So don't force your child to become what you couldn't become. I had a story about this young guy whose parents wanted him to become a medical doctor. He went to school, become a medical doctor by force. The guy became a medical doctor. The day he graduated, he took the certificate and handed it over to the children, the parents. He said, thank you. You paid my fees, but this is the certificate you wanted me to get. This is the certificate. He went back and started painting. Don't force your children to become what you couldn't be. Let's help them to discover what they are called to become. So all my children, all I ask you is that, what do you want to become? And I will guide you. I will lead you. So, it's a holy calling. We don't work for that call. But we must work when He calls us. We don't work for the call, but we must work when He calls us. So, the call doesn't just happen. And I want you to understand that no call is useless because it's God who assigns us to our calling. That is why when you discover your calling, don't look down on somebody's calling. Because it's God who placed the calling there. Don't be like somebody. Don't be like somebody. Be yourself. Number two, we must walk worthy of our calling. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. We must walk worthy of our calling. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with lowliness and gentleness and with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, Paul is admonishing us that we should walk worthy, it means to walk appropriately. With the calling which we were called, with all lowliness, it means that we should work with humility of mind, modesty, and lowness. Don't work with pride. With meekness—that's gentleness. Meekness is you have an ability to be taught. When I say somebody is meek, meekness, that doesn't mean the person is weak. But meekness is a teachable spirit. So though you are in your field or maybe you are doing well in that field, you are ready to learn. Meekness, very important. That is gentleness. Then he says long-suffering. That means forbearance and fortitude and patience. Because in fulfilling your call, you must be able to suffer long bury one another in love and keeping the unity of the faith in the bond of the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So what it talks about is that we must walk worthy of our calling. We must walk appropriately. We must walk with all humility. We must walk with all gentleness. We must walk with long suffering. It means that sometimes when fulfilling your call, things may be tough. When fulfilling your call you must be patient. When fulfilling your call you must have a mo- you must operate in modesty. Very important. So our calling is not supposed to make us proud and arrogant. Our calling is not supposed to make us uh, think that we are special more than somebody. That is why even in any organizational structure the gate man is important to you. Just imagine that you have. a am coming to church this morning, and I get to the gate, and the gate man is not there to open the gate. It's important, and that's why sometimes you don't drive past them and look at them and scream at them and shout at them. They are very important to the organisation. They are very, very important. Nobody is useless. Nobody is better than the other. And when you discover that, you realize that you need that body, you need this person, you need this person. That's why all the body is not one. And this morning, I needed my legs, number one, I needed my eyes to open. I needed my legs to get out of bed. I needed my, my legs to be able to move into the bathroom. I needed my hands to be able to put on the water. I needed my hands to be able to um, uh, clean myself and all that. You need every part of the body to be able to operate. So we must work appropriately with humility. So when you are working in a team, don't be somebody who thinks that you are better than the other. Everybody is important. Everybody is useful. Everybody must discover his pace and work accordingly. Number three, we have to make this calling sure we have to make our calling sure. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Therefore brethren, be more diligent to make your calling an election sure; for if we do these things, we will never stumble. Therefore brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election show. If we do these things, we we'll never stumble. What is diligence? To make an effort. To be prompt and earnest. To endeavor. To labor. To study. To work with speed. When I say speed, I'm not talking about doing things um, uh, haphazardly. It says that we should be diligent to make our election sure. So when God gives you the, the calling and you discover, be diligent, be serious about it. Work hard. I, I believe in grace, but grace works with labor. Labor with it, be diligent. People never discover their their call because they don't seek for it. You must be diligent. And when we do this, we will never stumble, stumble. So we must be people who are diligent. So when you are called, it's an assignment. You must work hard. You must be prompt. You must do it with labor. You must study around it. You must read around it. You must be able to pay the price for it. There. Calling doesn't just happen. All the great men, sometimes when we see great men, we say, oh, the man is favored. Who told his favor? He worked for it. Because favor does not work in vacuum. The Bible says that when the angel came to Mary, he said that highly favored one. I believe Mary was doing something that attracted the angel. It didn't just happen. Esther became favored because she obeyed the instruction. Of the Enoch don't eat this don't use that cream use this cream use that cream but if it's asked for me I'm famous I can do anything you don't succeed and don't frustrate the grace of God on your life if you have grace on your life don't frustrate it don't live anyhow and expect the grace to work don't misbehave yourself and think the grace will work you must be diligent in your call be diligent in your assignment that is why sometimes as a pastor when I see people who are serving God or serving in the ministry who are not diligent I get worried because it's like what are you really doing there? Be diligent. Tell somebody to be diligent. It's very important. That means that you, you are prompt you are earnest. You are sharp. You are ready to make extra effort. Number four. The purpose of the call is to do his will. The purpose of the call is to do his will. Psalm 40 verse 7 and 8. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. And your law is within my heart. This psalm is a psalm of Jesus Christ, psalm of David prophesying about Jesus Christ. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book, it's written of me, I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is written within my heart. The ultimate purpose of a calling is to do God's will, which was written about us before time began. So here there's a book it was written about us and this book is not here on earth this book is in the spirit that is why every believer must discover what is written about them in the scroll and he says that i delight to do your will so when you are called and you are obeying the call you are not just Doing something as an accountant. You are not just doing something as a businessman, but you are obeying the will of God. And whatever you are called to do is in your heart. The Bible says that when Moses had, came into his heart to deliver, it was the call. That's why it a stage that the thing comes into your heart. There's a stage that the thing takes hold of you. It's a stage that the thing becomes what God has placed in your heart. And it says that I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. So what happened? Anytime you're obeying that will, there's a delight, there's a joy. Ah, that's why anybody who is fulfilling his call, it might be a mechanic, but when you make things work, you are excited for the for the thing working. You might be a woodworker. Manufacturing chairs or putting together furniture. When the furniture is nice and people sit on it and they're comfortable, you're fulfilled. As a pastor, when you preach and people are blessed and people's lives are being transformed by how you have been a blessing to them, you are excited. And sometimes it's not about about financial gain. It's about the joy and the delight you enjoy when you are called And you're fulfilling it so what happens is that fulfilling the call and obeying the call is to do the master's will and I want to admonish everybody that if you have not found the ultimate purpose why you are here begin to go back to God he knows it better there's a scroll about your life and I'm not talking about some people think that the call is only about spiritual things No, no 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 it's a skill it's a gift is something that you enjoy doing and it's part of it. And just stay that in that place. It might not be necessarily like what we do here in church. It might be in that office. It might be in that marketplace. That's why some of you, you are the agent of God in the banking hall. You are the agent of God in that place where you are and a, a, a person that God can use. We call them apostles of the marketplace. So God is raising people who might not be in the pulpit, but they are preachers and their pulpit is in the marketplace. So you don't need to have a pulpit here. Wherever you find yourself working, is your marketplace. That's not mean that you're not saved. That's why there are several gifts God gives people. There are several callings on our life. I don't have only a calling to preach. I have other things that I, I'm gifted for. And always everything that God trains you about has a resultant effect on who you become. I did engineering, but it's now influencing how I want things to be done in a space. That's why I want things to be straight. I want things to be organized. I like things to be various because that's the kind of mindset I have. And it's important. Amen. By God's grace, most of the things we do in this church, I bring in the artist, uh, uh, artisans. By I, I instruct them what I want to see, and when it doesn't jive, I say it doesn't jive. You can be laying a tile, and I walk past. and say that tile is not straight. You say oh, it's straight. Let's put a level on it and see. You see that it is like. You say, oh, how do you know? I say I see it because I am wired like that. And everybody, you have been wired to do something. There's something that you are carrying and focus on it. Rise up on your feet this morning. Wow. You want to just lift up your hands and just pray and say, Lord, let there be a realignment in this month. Let there be a realignment into my purpose. Let it be a realignment into my calling. Let there be a realignment. Lift up your voice and pray right now. Let there be a realignment. Lift up your voice and pray. I'll continue next week. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. That God redirect my path. Redirect my, my purpose. Lift up your hands and pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Let's sing this song. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. Mm. And now. I-